Hey, everybody, and locked on Bama, Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Well, it's not my birthday, it's your birthday, so you're having the best day of your whole life today. I'm just sitting here watching you grow another year older, so happy birthday from Locked On Bama Nation. It is my birthday? It is your birthday. Well, today or yesterday or tomorrow, but I think it's today. Well, it's today in terms of when we're cutting this and probably the next day in terms of when people are listening. So Uh, I didn't (laughs) when when we're recording this, it is Luke's birthday. So so happy. So everyone wish Luke happy birthday yesterday. If you're listening. Well, I was hoping for a much better birthday present from Mr. Eric Gilbert. And instead he spurned me and the entire Crimson Tide community when he chose LSU very surprisingly today over Alabama and Georgia and Clemson, I guess. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know. We even know what to say to you. I am. I mean, I'm stunned. I'm stunned and shocked. And I've been following recruiting since, since, since Moby Dick was a minnow. I couldn't come up with something better than that. Uh, And I'm stunned. I mean, I've been stunned several times over announcements, but I would put today either at the top or near the top in terms of like, wow. I mean, I really thought I watched, I watched it live online. I watched it live. And when Eric put on, when he put on the LSU hat, I literally thought he was joking. I thought, oh man, he's about to do that rude thing where he flips off the LSU hat and puts on the Alabama hat. I mean, I thought it was literally like he's joking. Um, I was stunned, and I'm not stunned because I'm an Alabama fan, so I expect all these kids to pick Alabama because it's my favorite school. That, that, that's, not, that's not why I was stunned. I was stunned because the recruiting industry, our friends in the recruiting industry, people that we trust, people that are very good at their jobs, people who are right – 90% of the time, they fully expected Eric to pick Alabama. So they were wrong. Uh, I know from inside the program, uh, sources and my own sources inside the program, Al- Alabama expected that he was announcing for Alabama today. And, it, it, and, and if we were going to be shocked, Luke, if, they, if there was going to be a surprise, it was going to be his home state, in-state school, Georgia. And then guess what? It's not Georgia. So, wow. I mean, I, I just could not have been more stunned that it's not Alabama. And I would be sitting here partially shocked, Luke. I would be sitting here partially shocked if if it was Georgia. If he just said, oh, I'm going to Georgia, I would have been like, wow, I am shocked. But he didn't say that. He's going to a place no no one other than LSU believed was was going to happen. I'm I'm just I'm still what happened two hours ago based on uh, when we're recording our show. Uh, I'm still I'm still st- I'm just stunned. I have I have made no bones about the fact that Gilbert is my favorite player in this class, and I I, I didn't say that because I thought Alabama was getting him. I, I said that because I believed it. Um, and I know he plays tight end and usually that's not a position that everybody just flips out over, but 
man, he looks like he, he looks like something you create in a machine. And um, so I'm not completely sure what you're doing in the background. Are you unlocking something? I'm trying to play a game. <laughs> I, I like breaking, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing. Yeah, breaking into a safe. Uh, this but is yeah, my alibi. Gilbert. Was I was recording a show. <laughs> uh, this uh, the the Gilbert thing is just it, it really has it sent me for a loop. I mean, I I was so ready for his commitment, and now, um, you know, it seems like all the recruiting services have been scrambling, and um, uh, Bama Online has come out and said, okay, here's where Alabama could go next with recruiting in terms of of. Uh, tight ends. Now, Darnell Washington is certainly on the list, but it doesn't sound like we're a real viable option there. I mean, I would love to have him too. He's very good too. Um, and then Theo Johnson is another guy who's apparently out of uh, Ontario, but um, yeah. you know, I don't even know much about, I don't even know much about him because frankly, I didn't look up much about him because I thought we were getting Gilbert. And then the one guy that yeah. I do like though, that is intriguing to me is JJ Pegues out of uh, Oxford, Mississippi. Agreed. This is a guy I know the, the Auburn sites have really been high on him for Auburn, but I've always yeah. thought, you know, gosh, I wish Alabama would get involved and use him. I thought Alabama, if they got involved, would use him as sort of a rush end or something. Now they might get involved and use him as a uh, as a tight end. As a tight end. Yeah, I, I like Piggies. Always have, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not, as, as, you know, people, long-time listeners of our podcast, so I'm, I'm not a sour grapes guy. I don't immediately – go to, oh, well, you know, Gilbert's overrated and this other guy's better. I don't do that at all. But just like you, look, I think for the past couple of months, I've been very confident that Gilbert was going to Alabama. So, frankly, I haven't I haven't paid a lot of attention to the others. I thought, you know, once Gilbert was on board with Alabama, that would be it for the tight ends. We would just sign Gilbert and Caden Clark, who committed to us over a year ago, and, and that would be that. Uh, but now, Gilbert basically off the board. Now Alabama's not going to give up. The commitment today is non-binding. So Alabama will continue to try uh, to, to, to develop, you know, a further rapport with the kids, see if he can't be flipped. from from. So the Gilbert recruitment isn't technically over, but realistically you have to start looking elsewhere. And, and here's here's a couple of interesting things. Number one, I'm with you, Luke, totally. J.J. Pegues from uh, from Mississippi uh, from from I think he's I think he's from near Oxford he's from around that area mm-hmm. um, very good player very good player I like him I, as a matter of fact I would call him a a an elite tight end prospect is he as good as Gilbert no but 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 uh, he's an elite guy he is not a consolation prize this is a guy that could prove to be a fantastic SEC tight end and NFL player. Um, I would be excited uh, to land J.J. Pegues. I think he's very good. And had he gone to Auburn, I'd be with you. I'd be like, oh, crap, Auburn got a good one. And that that was – if, if Gilbert had gone to Alabama and Pegues had gone to Auburn, I would say, well, you know, I, I'm not going to trade our tight end for theirs, but they got a damn good one. I mean, so I would have been telling you that Auburn signed a good tight end and he'd, he'd look good in Crimson. So I'd be excited about that. Here's an interesting curveball to me. And I'm not predicting this is going to happen, but Darnell Washington, who is the equivalent of Gilbert, Darnell Washington is the Western United States version of Eric Gilbert. Really good prospect. He's been leaning to Georgia, but he began leaning to Georgia about the same time most of the country felt that Gilbert was going to Alabama. So I don't rule out 
now that Gilbert's not going to Alabama, let's see if Washington reignites his interest in Alabama. Because what Washington is trying to avoid, of course, was going to the same school as Gilbert. Uh, just like there, there's generally only one tight end on the field. It's no different than quarterback, Luke. These, these elite tight ends, they don't all want to group up and go to one place. There's only one tight end. It's not like wide receivers that where you're always putting two, three, four of them on the field at the same time. There's generally, in most programs, only one tight end that plays. So Darnell was never going the same place as Gilbert. So when Gilbert was like, hey, uh, I'm leaning to Alabama, about that time, Darnell Washington, who early on was a lean to Alabama, he's like, you know what, I think I like Georgia. So let's see if Alabama gets back in with Darnell. If not, J.J. Pegues is out there. I love him. I don't know anything about this Canadian kid other than he's got an Alabama offer. I, 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 I've not watched one clip because just like you said, Luke, I thought, well, Gilbert's going to Alabama. Why am I going to watch this Canadian kid? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to watch Canadian football unless I have to, you know, I don't <laughs> care what it's for. I mean, I watched it for Naughton McKay Lozier and got my hopes all up and I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Look, look, um, look, look what happened there with old, with old chief <laughs> chief. Wasn't that his name? Uh, chief. I think it was. I think that was, that was his nickname. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this, I'll tell you though, my thought on it was that, okay, I'm kind of down with the fact that it went this way. I wish it wasn't Alabama on the, on the bad end of this deal. However, I do appreciate the surprise element of this. And I think that, because here's the deal, all these crystal balls that come in like right before a kid commits, it sort of takes the shine off the commitment. And if you remember, I'd say, how many surprise commitments have we seen lately? I know that Rashawn Evans was a right. huge shock to me. Um, but I think even when he committed, he was even before people were doing these crystal ball things on 24-7 or whatever. Um, right. But now, with you know, it, when all these crystal balls from Georgia guys, hell, from LSU, Billy Embody, who I think writes for the LSU site, it, it predicted him to go to Alabama. I mean, when yeah. everybody's – and then he goes the other direction – Okay, again, I wish we weren't on the losing end of the stick, but I thought it was kind of cool uh, that he had everybody fooled. Now, I, I do wish he had gone to Alabama. I mean, I, he's again, I'm going to prove I don't have sour grapes when I say he's still my favorite player in this class, period, over everybody. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm infatuated with the kid, but um, as a player, as a player, as a player, um, we get it. <laughs> but uh we, we knew you yeah, we knew I, you weren't talking about Sarah Jean Underwood. We'll get I know I, th I thought I had to thought I had to clarify there. Um but anyway, I mean, look, you just got to move on and maybe we can get back in on Darnell Washington like you said, maybe we can get back in on JJ Pegues. Um or, you know, maybe we're just set at that position. There there are a lot of there are a lot of guys we're we seem to be passing on. I'll tell you another name that sort of pops in my head is Reggie Grimes out of Nashville uh who right. uh who is the son of another Reggie Grimes who played for Alabama and was on the, it's My hard to believe. It's hard to, yeah, it's hard to believe that the 99, a player who was on the 99 championship team for the SEC has a player, has a son being recruited now in 2019. Didn't, didn't that make you feel old? It's stunning really. I mean, because that doesn't feel like that long ago, but I think if you do some math, if you do some math, you know, it's, it's 20 years ago which means that uh, biologically, uh, yes, this is very possible. 
I mean, obviously his dad had, had was fairly young when he became a father. That's obvious. <laughs> we can do the math there. But uh, his dad was a senior in 1999, uh, which means, uh, you know, he's probably 22, 23 years old even in 1999 uh, when, you know, and, and then Reggie Grimes would have been born roughly 2001. Um, so, yeah, but man, it, it, you're right, Thomas. Thomas flown by. I like Grimes, by the way, just my, my position on Grimes. I like Grimes. I think he's good. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised he's not more highly recruited. I think there could be more to this story than I'm just aware of. Because when I watch the tape, Luke, and then I see the legit verified measurables, I think he's a national top 100 player, not top 50, not a five-star. But I think, just my opinion, watching the tape and the measurables, here's a national top 100 player. National top 100 players generally can sign with anyone. These are the elite blue chippers in the country. If you're a top 100 player, technically, you would think you can sign with anybody who plays college football if you're top 100. Grimes does not is not ranked that high in the industry, and he does not have an offer list of schools that will take him that jives up with a top 100 player. He, he's got more like a top 200. He's more like a top 200 player in terms of his offer list. Top 200, maybe top 250, legit four-star, but more of a South Carolina, Tennessee type take, you know, Miami, not Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, Texas, the, the type of schools you see fighting over the top 100 guys. So, I don't personally, I, I like Grimes, but at no point has it looked to me like Grimes was takeable by Alabama. Alabama never had Grimes at the top of the list, although they are still recruiting him. They, they still are interested, but probably not, not on the A list is my read of that. One other. Uh, might be changing now. I'm sure. One other point I wanted to make, and this is, I'm probably just, this is like, I might be just telling recruiting 101 to our listeners who are really more like, of course, you have to be a savvy football fan to listen to our show. You're, but we, 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 we draw the 404 crowd, the 303 crowd, not, not the recruiting 101 crowd. But one thing about the crystal balls that you mentioned a few minutes ago, just for maybe a handful of you who are unaware about why there, why there are crystal ball picks on 24-7. They were the first network to do that. I think it was a brilliant innovation by the greatest innovator for fans in the history of college football in terms of following recruiting the greatest innovator ever, Shannon Terry, the founder of Rivals and then the founder of 24-7. His, his network came up with this crystal ball idea. And, and, and really, this is it. This, this is the simple explanation if people are unaware. It's just these guys that work in the recruiting industry, the ones that talk to the players, the ones that, that interview the players and then put out these recruiting stories – that we read every day, they were always being told stuff that they can't print. And that's just typical of journalism. It's typical of journalism. Like they're told something like, hey, hey, I'll tell you something off the record. Or, hey, just between us, don't write this. But they're always being told stuff like that. That's why the writers uh, and these guys, they always know more than you think because they're literally talking to these kids and their parents and their coaches. And they know a lot more than they're allowed to say 
because these kids don't have final decisions made. They want there to be some level of drama. They want this to be a story and they're not ready to announce who their leader is or where they're going to school just yet, but they, they tend to know. Well, as there became more and more recruiting services because you got your rivals, you got your 24 seven, you had your scout and you had your ESPN. And then you got all these other smaller things. I mean, like Alabama's got Tider Insider, which is great, big, fantastic site. And, and everybody else has one of those too. It's not just all the national networks, but there's so many websites out there that follow recruiting. There's kind of some competition among those guys to be the first to report because they want, they want to, you know, they, they, Hey, they had this recruiting story first. So, Sometimes some people at some places would jump the gun a little bit on where a kid was leaning or where a kid might be committing, sort of ruin the moment for the kid, you know, who wanted his moment, which was just totally understandable. So Shannon Terry came up with this crystal ball idea. What that means is now none of his writers are supposed to let anything out of the bag. Nothing's out of the bag. They have a crystal ball pick. So if, for instance, in an interview, you know, one of the writers is talking to a kid and, and the kid tells him something, but he can't, he can't print it. But you know what he can do? He can go make a crystal ball selection and we're free to read between the lines. We're free to read between the lines. The kid saves his moment. The kid still has his moment. Cat's not out of the bag, but the, the reader, the subscriber is informed, is informed. This is what that writer believes is going to happen based on his conversation with the kid and his coaches and and, and, and whoever else. So I, I think the crystal ball is fantastic. The problem is when you have fans who take it too literal, who don't, the fans who, who don't, un, don't fully understand how all of it works and the kids change their minds. And today's, today's announcement is a perfect example of that because Luke, there were not a lot of crystal ball forecasts out there saying that Eric Gilbert was going to LSU. There was not a lot of that. Because people close to the kid, people have interviewed the kid, people talked to the kid and his family and his coaches. Most of them believed he was going to Alabama. A small handful believed they're going to Georgia. Today, even the Georgia recruiting industry, the people that follow recruiting professionally for Georgia in the media, they thought the kid was going to Alabama. So <laughs> that's how much of a shock uh, tonight, today's announcement is. But I just want to explain what, what we know here on the podcast about how the crystal ball works and why it's good, why it's good for fans. You just can't take it literally as factual. Hey, this is what's going to happen. After all, it's always a guess. No one knows until the end, right? Uh, that's right. And, and if really, if you do literally want to talk about crystal balls, well, then I have something I need to read for you very quickly. Let's talk a little bit about erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and just take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Jimmy, that's the best way I could make that segue. That's the only way I knew how. That was fantastic segue. As a matter of fact, as far as the history in, in the United States of podcasts and segues go, from the crystal ball forecast to that, whew, that was good podcast in there, my friend. As good Although I will a product say, as Roman is. I, well, as that's good why I'm a, a professional. As Roman is, that segue is just as good. And I'll say this, though. If you do have crystal balls, you may want to go see a doctor. <laughs> 
right. Tua so has crystal me, ankles. <laughs> he does have crystal ankles. He, I mean, those have to be checked out. I mean, those those have to be checked on uh, all the time. You're right. It, and that, again, we talked about this in the last podcast. And maybe that's going to be an unfair label for him. I mean, but that is all the rage right now is everybody saying, well, Tua's just, I mean, he's he's easily broken. And that's that's really not fair, um, any more fair than it is uh, on Johnson just went on the IR for the Detroit Lions. And he, so that means he's hurt again. And he was always hurt at Auburn. You know, when he was hurt at the end for Auburn, it really cost him. Um, and, you know, is it fair to say he's just super injury prone? I don't know. I, I don't think it is. I think he's just – he plays a position where you get hit a lot. Now, for two is why, a little bit Why do people take that like it's an insult? If me and you played college football, we'd be super injury dead. I play Kill flag us. football about once a month, and I'm always – I'm writhing in pain the next morning. I don't know why. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? I just turned 47. Please stop. You know, my all of my muscles are looking at me going, would you please stop? We're not We're not useful anymore. You know, we never it's were very good. Fans are. It's funny how his fans are about that. About how, oh, he's injury prone. He's soft. Who who just called someone so, Tua soft? I mean, I, I, was, I, I read on, on Twitter the other day about a Major League Baseball thing where we're this, oh, man, he played terrible in that series. He choked. Who's calling a professional athlete who makes millions of dollars and is highly successful doing the most athletic things in the world a choke artist? The same guy who gets on an elevator and can't hit a button in time for the door closed and some old lady can't get on the elevator. He's not fast enough to hit the button to keep the elevator door open so the old lady can get on. Same guy's going, he was only 4 of 13 in the playoff series? What a choke artist. Did that happen to you today in the elevator? No, I was just trying to was think that a real like experience? Most, I was trying to think of the most unathletic thing that walking around people do, <laughs> pushing elevator buttons. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I think a lot of people probably screw that up, and the same people are like, oh my gosh, two is soft. You don't even know well, how the elevator works. Hey, Jimmy, I did have an idea though when you said that. Because I, first I was thinking, you know, and first of all, to be soft, I don't think you can play college football. If you're soft and you play college football, you're going to get hurt quickly. Um, but I did have this thought. Mac Jones <coughs> took a took a walloping on one sack on a, a – I guess it was a corner blitz. And, I mean, he just got destroyed. I did have the thought, if two had gotten hit like that, would he be able to – get up the way Mac Jones did. And I and then I thought, Luke, that's not really fair. You don't know. And I don't know. But it did cross my mind <laughs> that uh, I don't know that Tua would do as well taking that hit as Mac Jones did. I got to give Mac Jones credit, not necessarily because he took a sack, but because he took that sack. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's an innocuous – I didn't even know. So I think we talked about this in the podcast. I was there at the game out of good seat where Tua was tackled where his uh, ankle – uh, got sprained. Uh, I'm actually seated in the location of the stadium where I've got a good visible shot of that. I did not notice Tua limping off the field. And the next series, when Mac came out, it was news to me. Uh, I don't wear, I don't listen to the radio broadcast in the stadium. So my first thought was because I didn't see Tua was hurt. My first thought was, gosh, we sure put in Mac early. Uh, this is strange. We're taking such an early look at Mac. Is Mac going to play one series and two is coming back in? 
And it was only then that I saw that the that Jeff Allen's medical tent had sprung to life over there on the sidelines. And then I was like, oh, now I, now I know what happened. And but I'm just saying uh, the, the hit itself was sort of innocuous. It didn't look like the type of play that results in an injury. But when you do watch the, the television replay, you clearly see Tua's foot uh, kind of get caught up under the tackler and twist and, and ultimately sprain. Uh, and as we've learned uh, from the Tua experienced, a high ankle sprain is actually a torn ligament. So, uh, yeah, I, I'll give Tua a lot of credit. I've learned more about ankles in the past three days than I ever knew about ankles. And, you know, I've taken biology classes and, and, human anatomy classes and man i'm telling you i feel like i could go in there and do some ankle work if i needed to Uh, i've actually got some inside scoop about to his ankle and it's a good it's good inside scoop it's like legitimate from a good source so i've got some good to a scoop on the ankle but it also illustrates why i think so few people that actually have inside scoop rarely say it out loud because it's just so easily misconstrued, but I'll go ahead and say that, you know, Tua's not, Tua's not putting weight on the ankle yet. There's a certain protocol to this and they don't have Tua, uh, they don't have Tua putting real weight on. I think, I think today was the day he was supposed to go in the boot. My information was before he even went into the boot. He apparently is going to the boot even a little earlier than the initial plan. And while you can't put weight on it, so you don't truly know how it's healing up until you put weight on it. They do other tests. I, I, I guess the best way to refer to them is range of motion and a manipulation of the ankle by doctors, you know, who are looking at the healing process. My understanding in terms of how all that's going is that it, it's, it looks really good. I mean, it looks really good. They're like, like, wow, this is better than was hoped. Okay. Now, now, okay, so that, that's, the, that's the scoop. Now, what we have to realize is it means nothing because until he's actually putting weight on it, until he's running and sprinting and cutting, maybe you go backwards then, or maybe it's not as good as, as, as they hope. So this inside scoop, it's true, but it doesn't mean that two is going to be 100% he can sell a shoe. Still don't know. There's still a great deal of rehab to go and a lot of other hurdles that have to be cleared uh i guess though it's good to know that so far so good but that's the extent of it does not mean anything well essentially you put in a crystal ball for Tua's ankles <laughs> is what this boils down to i did just do that just as that just as i crystal balled everybody on twitter today that Ari gilbert was signing with alabama even privately people <laughs> were dming me going he's going to alabama right i'm like he's going to alabama Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you just shot your your yeah, uh your shot for that uh for that insider info. You know, that's yeah. the thing, um, how quickly is it's funny how people uh look at insiders and if they're wrong once, you can they can discredit you. But if you're if you're wrong ten times, they'll be like, Okay, I'm not believing you anymore. Then all you gotta do is be right on one other guess and you're like, Oh god, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's the one that predicted <laughs> Uh, Eric Gilbert to not go to Alabama or whatever, you know, I mean, the truest thing about insiders to me, Luke, and this guy just, it pisses me off. It's going to send me on a rant, but this is a fact. And and I share this with the guys in the, in the financial industry. 
and 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 financial industry has chat boards just like just like football boards where they discuss stocks and and, and things like that and, and 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 what i'm about to say of these sports boards is apparently true even in the financial industry it's just a but if you want to be an ins, if you want to be an insider generate if you want to generate a following on message boards be an insider that always has good information. It doesn't that always has positive information. It doesn't matter right. if it proves to be wrong. As long as That's the right. inside scoop was something awesome is about to happen, and then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The next time that you report something great is about to happen to your favorite team, people love it. They love it. It doesn't matter that it's that it's bull, bull, you know what? It doesn't matter. And, and and here's the thing also, if you are an actual insider and you had coffee in, in Little Debbie's with Nick Saban in his office and he told you that a player was hurt or some sort of negative thing and you stupidly went to a message board and he's like, from a source very close to the program, this negative thing is going to happen. You know what? They're going to they're going to run you off. They're going to run you off, even when it proves true, even when it proves true, they don't care. But. No, here's the other thing. Sports fans are. They just want to hear well, good news. They don't care if it's true. Well, here's the other thing. Um, first of all, when you said uh, these these financial people have message boards just like us, I was like, hmm. I guess the uh, Enron was Alabama 2000 for them. You know what I mean? Because everybody was like, it's going to be awesome. And the next thing you're like, oh shit, I've lost everything. <laughs> Which is exactly how I felt in 2000. But that, um, and that is exactly how it works. You got but, it. Uh, you figured it out. I, I do have I, I have some friends that are actually really good buddies with Sabin himself. And occasionally they tell me some things and occasionally guess what? Even after they've heard some things from the man himself, they've been wrong because <laughs> it, you could see, see my guess is, uh, and according to BOL, this is how the Eric Gilbert thing went down at, at practice, the coaches, they didn't really know where he was going. They thought, yeah, they felt good about it just like everybody else, yeah. but they didn't really know because he didn't call them and say, I'm coming. Uh, I think he told them previously he was coming, but they also know how recruiting works. Kids tell everywhere they're going because they're like, you know, in the middle of a party every time. And the coach is like, you're coming here, right? Because they're scared. Like if I say I'm not coming here, I may get kicked out of limousine or whatever. Well, I, I think they felt that way. So, so maybe even hypothetically, Nick Saban told somebody, okay, I'm getting Gilbert so we can quit worrying about these other guys. And then he finds out we're not getting Gilbert. He's like, oh, my God. But, I mean, so what I'm saying is sometimes you don't know. Like Sometimes they don't know. The, even the You can have the best the source in the world. Yeah. Well, what if – I and, mean, it's so and easy. there's no to, harm. It's No. And it's so easy to see that if uh, – of course, I don't think Nick spends a lot of time on, on message boards. But if Nick was on a message board this morning and he's, like, you know, just reading around, just kind of giggling at fan comments, and then someone said, I know everyone's confident on Gilbert going to Alabama, but – I'm worried it will be Georgia <laughs> or maybe some sort of LSU surprise at the end. And I'm worried about this. And then Nick Giggling goes, <laughs> watch this. And on his own fake message thing account, <laughs> maybe under the, the real name, Nick, like, he could Terry, be the real Nick Saban. The real Nick, the real Saban. Nick Saban. So he posts under the real Nick Saban and says, stop worrying. It's to Alabama. And then we see what happens. It goes to LSU. Now everybody's attacking Nick going, this real Nick Saban, why is he allowed to post here? 
He doesn't know anything. Yeah. People you know? will just kill him. They're like, he doesn't know his ass from deep center field. And here's the thing <laughs> in recruiting, too, is like people say, well, so-and-so finished second. Well, it doesn't matter if it you finish second or 90th because neither one of you got him. He, it's not – you know what? It, which one was in the Bible? Where they was it? King, King Solomon that wanted to cut the baby in half or whatever? Is that a yeah, Bible yeah. thing? Uh, I'm not a real biblical guy. I think it is. I think it is King Solomon that wanted to cut the, the baby in half, and then the real mom was like, "No, no, no, don't do it." And yeah, it's like you're the real mother. That's right. And, sure and so that, you, it's accent. not like you. I mean, even as much as I would like to do this, I can't. We can't just cut a piece of. Eric Gilbert off because if if we could do that, you know what I would do? I'd plant it near Bryant Denny, hoping that it would grow several more monsters just like him that we could have for our own army. But um, you know, you can't do that. He goes to one school and then he doesn't go to all the other ones. So it, it when people say, yeah. "Well, we finished second for him," right? you know, second place in this, it really is first loser. He ain't playing for Alabama and he ain't playing for Florida International. Well, I'll tell you what sucks is so he we, is. We I, I would much rather. Him. Wouldn't you have rather him go to Georgia instead of playing, who essentially is our arch rival now? I mean, it's, hey, it's stunning. It's stunning. I mean, if LSU, I mean, it's it's a hell of a it's a hell of a statement by LSU. They went into Georgia's backyard and signed a kid Georgia badly wanted that has to drive, in essence, past Tuscaloosa, past Auburn. Past Georgia, even though it's the other direction, Gainesville and Tallahassee are closer. He has to yeah. drive past all those schools to get to Baton Rouge. So, yeah, that, I mean, if you're an LSU fan tonight, you are rightly celebrating. And, and my question is, you know, I get it because LSU's a hot, they're a hot thing right now. And they, they may win the national championship. I'm not kidding. They may win the national title. But who does Gilbert think his quarterback's going to be? I, and I realize they, they have a couple of kids committed. I think Brad Johnson's kids committed to there or something. Uh, uh, I, I think they got a couple of decent or even better than decent quarterbacks committed. But to my knowledge, LSU doesn't have a quarterback of the future committed with the, with, with the accolades that Bryce Young has. Or even Talia Tungavailoa, frankly. If you remember, LSU badly was trying to sign Talia last year. They were trying to flip Talia from Alabama, I, I'm just like, Gilbert, who's throwing you the ball, buddy? I mean, Burrow's going to be good and gone. Well, they've got a guy named TJ Finley. Um, yeah. yeah, I know him. From who's 6'6", 250. I mean, he's huge, uh, but he's only a three-star, which, look, yeah. if you're 6'6", 250, and you're only, four, you're only 405, 405 nationwide, that tells me, okay, uh, you 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 might have some raw ability, but there's some other things that He's are missing. Less, I tell you, I mean, just I'm being cynical, but lesser Joey Gatewood. Yeah, lesser exactly. Joey Gatewood. Exactly. Um, because he's even listed as a pro-style quarterback, and Joey Go Gatewood was not listed yeah, as a pro-style quarterback. So. At least he's athletic. I mean, Gatewood can even play another spot. All right, Jimmy, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. We'll have another podcast tomorrow and hopefully won't be nearly as depressing. We'll start getting into the uh, predictions for the weekend. and Predict the Arkansas you know, just, Mac Jones. I'm excited. Mac Jones is starting. I mean, see, I, I get, I'm not excited in terms of Mac's not as good as Tua. We know that. But what I'm excited about is uh, I'm excited for Mac. And that is the type of fan I hope we all want to be. I mean, I know we want to win. I know we want Tua to win the Heisman. I know we want to win the national championship. And all these things may still happen. I'm just saying that uh, myself – 
I, I am really excited for Mac Jones and his family um, because he has busted his ass for three years. And now he's been given this, this great opportunity. He'll remember for the rest of his life and, uh, and he'll always have this moment. So very excited for Mac. Do you remember, did you know that Chipper Jones went to the bowl school? Yes, I'm Holly. Yeah, yeah, I'm oh. a big Braves guy. Say, so. oh yeah. yeah. See, I don't even call Mac okay. Chips, Chipper's little brother, but that's no. They're not only are they not related, they're nothing alike related. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't be any less related. But I mean, Mac Jones doesn't like Hooters. <laughs> Everybody's no, heard Chip, that rumor. I have no idea Chipper, if it's true. I, just, oh, it, it, I think it, it. Well, that is true. But <laughs> but Chipper uh, Chipper, I, I think, is originally from a little town in Florida called Pearson, Florida. It was like an hour and a half away from Jacksonville, and was like recruited to be a badass athlete at the Bowl School. And the Bowl School is a very fancy, expensive private school, and so most of the yeah, student population of Bowls, you know, has, has all this money and. And, and then, you know, Chipper sort of, you know, flown in because he's this fantastic athlete from this little tiny town. Uh, Mac is – Mac would have been at the bowl school whether he's a quarterback or not. You know, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's, he's just a typical student you find at bowls, whereas Chipper is a little bit more – what did they say about Lincoln on Fast Times Ridgemont High? I didn't know he went to school here. I just thought they flew him in for games. Yeah. That's Chipper. <laughs> Well, I tell you, I bet Chipper has also, I mean, I don't know this, but I'd be willing to bet Chipper has been one hell of a nice alumnus to that school Very good chance where he's probably donated he's a, a boatload of money is my guess. He is a good dude. He really he's a is. Good dude. Especially feel sorry. I feel older. bad for my, feel bad for my Hooters shot earlier, but that, well, I mean, that's, I that's Chipper, an old thing. Chipper would laugh at it now. He'd laugh probably at it. I think he laughs it. at his former self and like a lot of great athletes who grow old in the public eye. I mean, Chipper was one guy when he was 25 and now he's a completely different guy at 45. And, uh, and maybe that's what we all should uh, aim to be. All right. We've got 30 seconds left, Jimmy. So uh, roll tide to you and roll tide Chipper. Happy birthday, Luke. Thank you. And that means a lot coming from you. Um, I hope when you turn, when you get, when I get as old as you, I'm 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 as upbeat as you are. It's it's not easy. Hey, you know my next my <laughs> next one my next one I'm a little bit ahead of you. My next one is fifty. Damn, that's right. Phew. Next year, fifty. Well, you, no wonder you're in, you can't do any of this technology stuff we work on with these podcasts. <laughs> um, all right, buddy, roll tide. Roll tide.